Christian family. I went to church every Sunday um, from a little girl as, as young as I can remember. And I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was 12, and it was a real decision. But I feel like I didn't really know. I didn't know much. I didn't have much understanding. I had very little understanding. And, and in my, I remember in my early teens, I was hungry for God. I was hungry. I was genuinely hungry. And I went on some mission trips and I tried to like serve him with all my heart. But I feel like that faded, the fire faded a little bit. And when I was 17, I actually remember um, having a choice. I had a choice. Do I... Do I continue down the path with God or just do I go on my own way? What feels good in the moment? And because I didn't know God, I knew about Him, I knew all the songs, I could quote scripture at you, but because I didn't know Him for myself personally, I chose to just put Him on the shelf. And off I went on my own little merry way. And this went on and five years later, because I had a praying mother and father, don't ever give up praying for your kids. Because I had a praying mother and father who never stopped praying for me, the Lord came and he He woke me up in the middle of the night and he was like, Naomi, not really going to share that little part. But I had a dramatic encounter with the Spirit of God in my bedroom. And I got born again that night. I was born again. I was... I encountered the fear of the Lord and I made a decision no matter what happens I'm going to follow Jesus and then I went to church and I only knew one Christian and I went to his church and I was like the first message was all about knowing God and I remember just sitting there crying why didn't anyone tell me I didn't know if I could know him. Anyway, I jumped into if I'm if I'm gonna be a Christian, I'm gonna it's gonna look like something. So I jumped into serving the Lord. I would be on the welcome team, I would bake for the cafe, I would serve in the kids' church, I, I just jumped into doing stuff because that's what you do when you're a Christian, right? So jumped into that little realm and on and on, fast forward, we moved to Darwin um, and I started feeling really uneasy in my spirit. I was still going to church, I still loved God as much as I knew how, um, but I felt like I was missing something. And there was one night I would put my young children to bed, my babies to bed and I would go and work late at night in a cafe. And I remember when I was driving home at about 1.30 in the morning and it was just too much for me. I cried out to God. I was bawling my car. And I was like, Father, I, I know you're real, so I can't walk away from you. But I feel like I'm missing something. I, like, what I read in my Bible does not, like my life doesn't look like that. And I like go to church and I like do the stuff meant to do, but 
And I was like bawling, I was crying out to him. Anyway, two days later, he, I was wrapping presents for my son's birthday. So this was May 2015. And um, kids were at school and some were asleep and I'm there busy wrapping. And I heard the Holy Spirit so clearly and he said, Naomi, listen to Dan Mulba. Listen to Dan Mulba. And I was like, oh. um, grabbed my phone, Googled, YouTube, million things come up. Or million messages, you know what it's like. And I said to the Holy Spirit, which one? And he said, it doesn't matter. And I scrolled through and I'm like, and one jumped out at me and said, normal Christianity part one. So I pressed play and I just sat my phone up on the dressing table and continued to wrap my presents. The phone stayed on the dressing table for about five minutes. And then it was like, stopped doing everything. And for the first time in my life, I was 33 years old, 32, 33, something like that. For the first time in my life, I heard the gospel. For the first time in my life, I heard that I wasn't alive for me. For the first time in my life, I heard that the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, had made me holy, blameless, and above reproach, and that I could have unhindered intimacy with the Father, that sin wasn't in the way, that I wasn't sin waiting to happen. And I can't, I can't explain what happened that day, except that the whole, the, it was like God came into my bedroom and I was weeping, just weeping. I was on the floor, absolute snot mess for like an hour, just weeping with the presence of God in the room. And um, my heart started to burn. It was like fireworks in my heart, fireworks going off inside. It was like someone put a match in my thing and there'd been an explosion in my heart and it just started to burn. And I just said to the Lord, I, like, again, I lay down my life and whatever you want to do with me, like, I know this is truth. So I want to submit my heart to this truth and I don't know everything yet. I hardly know anything. But Father, if you will teach me, I will teach you and I will listen. And I, I lay my life down. I give it all for you. And I, I thought I was pretty surrendered before, but it turns out I wasn't. I wasn't at all. Then, my life was so up and down, depending on, depending on how my life was and how people treated me, I, I would either be good or bad. And it was like a roller coaster of emotion. Anyway, after I picked myself up on the, off the floor, then all I wanted to do was worship the Lord. I just worshipped him, danced around my bedroom like a crazy person. And I worshipped him and worshipped him. And then for a, a month, I was like floating, absolutely. 
absolutely floating through life. Nothing had changed in my life, not one thing. Nothing had changed. But my, my, my heart was on fire for Jesus. And all of a sudden I was reading my Bible and boom, it was alive to me. And, and I could see the Father everywhere. I could see Jesus everywhere. I could see who I was everywhere. And it was just like hitting my heart. And I was hungry for him. So I'd be in the Word like as much as I could. I would be listening to like Dan Moller teach some more. Like handle the truth in. And man, gosh, that month was amazing. Floated around like I was an angel, literally. Floated around. And then, and then life happened. My husband at the time, he was, he's a very, very hard working man. He's a very hard working man, probably the hardest working man I know. And um, at the time, he was running restaurants, four of them. And he would work seven days a week. Most most days would be up to 15 hours. We had a young family. So that means I was pretty alone in raising a young family. And I would get tired. And I would get like stressed out. And you can imagine what it, what it would be like. Anyway, so anyway, I had an amazing month with the Lord. And I'd be floating around like, like an angel. And um, just like, thank you, Lord, you're amazing. Oh my gosh, I don't care what's tired, I don't care what's happening. You know, I'm sitting like by the pool while the kids are swimming, bawling over my communion elements <laughs> as I'm like intimately encountering Jesus, right? So, anyway, my husband one day gets home a little bit earlier than normal and I'm like, oh, he's home early, get excited. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm just home early because I'm going to go out and probably have some beers and hang out with the guys. And all of a sudden, my cloud nine, Jesus is amazing, bubble got popped and I like floated straight down to earth. And I hadn't felt any anger, any um hadn't had bad thoughts. It was like I'd gone from darkness to light. It was like complete, I was living in this realm of the kingdom, really, isn't it? Anyway, so I floated, I, I, didn't, I didn't float, I fell very fast back to earth. And I was in the kitchen, I was chopping up carrots, I was preparing dinner. I was getting so angry. I felt anger. I felt like my blood was boiling. It wasn't like I was on fire anymore from the Holy Spirit. My blood was boiling with anger at my husband. And I was like, all of a sudden I'm hearing thoughts. Doesn't he, doesn't he care? Doesn't he care? Does he not see that he, that he is never here and then this is my life. All I do is look after these kids and serve him. And I'm like, you know, in my head it's like, he's the most selfish man ever to live. And I was getting so worked up and so angry. Um, and I'm chopping carrots and I took a deep breath to just like hurl vomit on, on him. I was just going to let him have it, right? Took a deep breath. 
And then the Holy Spirit spoke. Naomi, it's lucky you're not alive for you, isn't it? And I stopped. And I had a choice. Do I walk by the Spirit? And do I let this gospel become real in my life? Or do I submit to what I feel in the moment? And I laughed because I just felt the presence of God washing over me. And I dropped my knife and I looked at him and I felt the love of God just coming through me. And I said, have a wonderful night. I love you. And he was bracing himself. He was like there bracing himself to get a flogging. And, and he was like, wait, what? And, and he like walked out, like, was like, what? <laughs> but left. And I just oh, went back to living in my bubble of glory and freedom from all that yuck. But I feel like all of us have to not only make the choice to surrender, but we have to walk in that surrender every day of our lives. And it's going to be challenged. It's not just gonna be like, oh, I've surrendered once to Jesus. Now I'm just gonna live in this bubble of glory all the time. Man, things will come against you that will try and like bring you down into a soul, fleshly realm where you just want to partner with all the lies the enemy chucks at you. <sighs> Praise God, we don't have to live in that realm, hey? Amen. I'm going to fire some scriptures at you. Your homework is to read these and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. I could like explain them and unpack them. I'm just going to read them to you like a machine gun, right? And you'll get the picture. You'll get like what the Holy Spirit's trying to say. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified. Say crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 5, 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Romans 12, 1-2 I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Are we getting the, getting the vibe? Colossians 3, 1-3. 
If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For you have, what? Died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Romans 6, 6-7. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Praise God. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Wow. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Deny in the Strongs, to forget oneself, lose sight of oneself and one's own interests. It's so full on, hey? This is the Gospel. This is what we said yes to. Ephesians 4.22 Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Mark 12.30 And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. These are just a few. <laughs> it's all through the Bible, all through there. And our example, Jesus. He was fully man, fully man. And when he went to the cross, before he went to the cross, he was in the garden, on his knees, praying to the Father, sweating blood, knowing what was coming and he was like god if there's any way you can take this from me please but then he was like not my will that yours be done that's our example jesus there's no other way to burn for him than surrender I want to read um, something from this book by Bill Johnson. It's Defining Moments. Um, and he writes about the revivalists. Um, and I just wanted to read you a little portion from Catherine Pullman's um, little chapter. And Catherine had given her life to Jesus um, when she was a young teenager and had been hungry for God and hungry for more of God. Um, so would be at all the all the meetings and be up the front, like crying out to God for more of Him. And she ended up marrying a man who, against um, against some advice, she married a man who had left his wife and children to be with her. She ended up marrying this man. Um, but then she just writes about the Holy Spirit and what he asked her to do. 
She said, I had to make a choice. Would I serve the man I loved or the God I loved? I knew I could not serve God and live with Mr. her husband. No one will ever know the pain of dying like I know it, for I loved him more than I loved life itself. And for a time, I loved him more than God. I finally told him I had to leave. God never released me from that original call, the call of being ministry. Not only did I live with him, I had to live with my conscience, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit was almost unbearable. I was tired of trying to justify myself, tired. One afternoon, I left the apartment. It was in the outskirts of Los Angeles, and I found myself walking down a tree-shaded street. The sun was flicking through the great limbs that stretched out overhead. At the end of the block, I saw a street sign. It said simply, dead end. There was heartache, heartache so great it cannot be put into words. But if you think it's easy to go to the cross, it's simply because you've never been there. I've been there, I know, and I had to go alone. I knew nothing about the wonderful feeling of the Holy Spirit. I knew nothing of the power of the mighty third person of the Trinity, which was available to all. I just knew it was four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and I had come to the place in my life where I was ready to give up everything, even Mr. and die. I said it out loud, dear Jesus, I surrender all. I give it all to you. Take my body, take my heart, all I am is yours. I place it in your wonderful hands. In that moment, I yielded to God in body, soul, and spirit. I gave him everything. That afternoon, Catherine Pullman died. And when I died, God came in. The Holy Spirit came in. There, for the first time, I realized what it meant to have power. And it just says how Catherine was filled by the Spirit in a powerful way that day. And then, um, just a page over, she talks talks about being a yielded vessel, and she says, I would never say that I have ever received any gift. I am weary of folks who boast of this or that gift. The greatest of the Christian graces is humility. All I know is that I have yielded my body to him to be filled with the Spirit, and anything that the Holy Spirit has given me, any results there might be in this life of mine, is not... Catherine Coleman, it's the Holy Spirit. It's what the Holy Spirit does through a yielded vessel. That is one thing I am so afraid of. I am afraid lest I grieve the Holy Spirit. For when the Holy Spirit is lifted from me, I am the most ordinary person that ever lived. As I've said before, I am not a faith healer. I have not been given anything special. What I have is something that any Christian could have if he would pay the price of full surrender and yieldness. I am absolutely dependent on the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Isn't that inspiring? It inspires me to yield more to his spirit, to surrender more. The Lord reminded me this week of a dream that I had um, and I feel like someone here needs to hear it. 
you know, you can read the Bible and you, you can read all those verses and just be like, oh, why would I want to crucify myself? When you see him, when you feel, when you encounter his perfect love, that like, there is no choice, I feel. There is no choice. I, I'm not going to say no to perfect love. There's a scripture I wanted to leave you with. You know how last week I said, read the word until he speaks? This, this scripture just un undid me this week. And it just reminds us who the Father is. Who, who are we surrendering to? It's in Song of Songs. Chapter 6, verse 10. Start at verse 10, and it's in the Passion Translation. It says this, He alone is my beloved. He shines in dazzling splendour, yet is still so approachable. Without equal, as he stands above all others, outstanding among 10,000. The way he leads me is divine. His leadership, so pure and dignified, as he wears his crown of gold. Upon his crown are letters of black, written on a background of glory. He sees everything with pure understanding. How beautiful his insights without distortion. His eyes rest upon the fullness of the river of revelation, flowing so clean and pure. Looking at his gentle face, I see such fullness of emotion. Like a lovely garden where fragrant spices grow, what a man. No one speaks words so anointed as this one. Words that both pierce and heal. Words like lilies dripping with myrrh. See how his hands hold unlimited power, but he never uses it in anger, for he is always holy displaying his glory. His inmost place is a work of art, so beautiful and bright. How magnificent and noble is this one, covered in majesty. He's steadfast in all he does. His ways are the ways of righteousness, based on truth and holiness. No one can rival him, but all will be amazed by him. Most sweet are his kisses, even his whispers of love. He is delightful in every way and perfect from every viewpoint. If you ask me why I love him so, O brides to me, it's because there is none like him to me. Everything about him fills me with holy desire. And now he is my beloved, my friend forever. Wow. This is the God that we get to surrender to. Man, just camp in that this week. Let him reveal himself to you through that scripture. So the invitation to be a burning one is to surrender. Surrender every part of yourself to him. Even, even those scary moments where you're feeling the emotion and the turmoil of hard circumstances, you 
invitation is we can surrender all of that and manifest Jesus. We can submit to perfect love. Amen? Amen. Should we pray? Thank you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray for us all that you would help us to continually surrender all the little bits of our heart and our lives to you, Father. Because we want to burn for you, Lord. We want to burn for you. We want to have a heart that is constantly in revival. We want to experience the fullness of your presence, of your power, of your love, of everything that's on offer for us. And we want to overflow it to the world around us, Father. So I just pray today over us all this week that you would just continue to help us to lay down the lesser things, Father. Help us to lay them down and help us to put on Christ. Help us to submit to the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you.